Hello, this is Calvin Driscoll, and I want to welcome you to the Real Leaders Podcast. This podcast is specifically designed to equip you with godly leadership skills that can be applied to all areas of your life. Throughout this podcast, my dad, Pastor Mark Driscoll, will be sitting down with some world-renowned pastors and ministry leaders to learn what it really means to be a real leader. For more content like this, we encourage you to visit realfaith.com. Now enjoy today's Real Leader Podcast. Well, howdy, Pastor Mark here, uh, up in the mountains of Arizona. If you're not from Arizona, you probably don't know. It's got some great mountains. You can get a mile high, temperatures drop, uh, there's snow, partially frozen lakes, gorgeous place to be. And uh, about once a week, I tend to take a prayer hike, dial in the sermon. And uh, it's important if you're a Bible teacher to uh, not just prepare the message, but also prepare the messenger. And for me, silence and solitude and hiking and time in the woods with the Lord is uh, how that happens, even though it's freezing cold. And um, was thinking about it and uh, make this part of a series of podcasts on um, what is the church uh, post-coronavirus. We're two years in. And in the first uh, episodes, I talked about some of the trends that we're seeing, where the future of the church might be trending, and uh, just wanted to give you something really, really, I I hope it's encouraging, and that is that um, uh, two things. Uh, Number one, there was a a data study done by one of the largest uh, firms that helps nonprofits in America to kind of get their Bible teaching out and connect um, with their support base, and uh, they said that the trends that they are seeing is that uh, in the last few years, the appetite for genuine, deep, real, honest uh, Bible teaching is way, way up. And they're saying that even among, or especially among younger generations, and I could say that now that I'm in my 50s, is uh, younger generations want more Bible teaching and uh, have the same... uh, conclusion shared um, maybe a year or so ago, kind of in the middle of all the craziness of the last two years, uh, I was invited to be on a Zoom call uh, with some of the pastors of the largest churches, denominations, and networks in America. I I was easily the the smallest church uh, on the list, but they were kind enough to invite me in, and I was just curious to hear, um, you know, what what is God showing you, what is working, what is not working, and uh, the conversation quickly uh, shifted among those very well-known leaders, I won't name drop, that uh, people were wanting more Bible teaching, that their sermons were getting longer and they were going deeper. And even those pastors who had kind of historically just done shorter topical series, they were seriously considering digging into and going through full books of the Bible, which just incredibly encouraged me. I'm not a legalist when it comes to how to teach the Bible. The Bible says preach the word. Of course, you can do that in a number of ways. You can do topics. You can do books of the Bible. I do both, and I have done both now for 25 plus years as a senior pastor. But the bread and butter and the meat and potatoes for me is always going through books of the Bible. And so last year we went through Romans, and this year we're going through Genesis. And last year we threw in James. And this year I'm thinking about at the end of the year throwing in First and Second Thessalonians. 
Thessalonians. We'll see when we get there. Um, but um, it was just super encouraging to me. And there may be a couple of reasons why this is happening. And this may be uh, an early indicator of where uh, the church could be headed if it is choosing a healthy future. Number one, uh, when people are under stress and duress physically, they just consume more calories. Um, I was reading an article some years ago about that great swimmer, Michael Phelps, and it said that uh, as he was you know, headed into competition, he would consume upwards of, let's say, 10,000 calories a day, which is crazy. If I ate 10,000 calories a day, I'd be the same size as this lake. Uh, but he was burning so much fuel that he had to continually uh, replenish uh, his fuel source through food. Well, what is true physically, we know is also true spiritually. And Jesus says that we don't just live on bread or food alone, but every word that proceeds from God. So God's word is nourishment. It is protein for the diet. It is sustenance for the soul. And in the last two years with pandemic and closed businesses and people being forced to make, you know, incredible decisions about do we stay in this city that has bad governance and is dying? Do we relocate? Do we homeschool our kids? Do we get vaccinations? Who do we vote for? Do we want to make America great again or choose the Black Lives Matter team and pick a side in the civil culture war? I mean, just people were overwhelmed, stressed and depressed and, and anxious and fearful and, and struggling. And what that means is they're just burning more fuel. Um, and as a result, they just need more of God's word. Uh, they need more Bible. They need more prayer. They need more worship. They need church and gathering together more than ever. And so what I'd like to say is when things get darker, God's people need to go deeper. And when Jesus uh, looked at Peter and said, feed my sheep, um, he wasn't talking about, you know, just a, a snack. He was talking about sustenance and nourishment. And, um, and if there is a growing trend toward a deeper, longer uh, Bible teaching, I'm overjoyed. I believe people need it for their well-being and soul. Just the days of, you know, three quick tips and a little motivation, uh, that's not going to get you through the world that we're living in right now. And, uh, and the future is trending darker and against Christianity and the cultural uh, opposition to Bible-believing churches is great. And, and we talked about in previous episodes of the post-coronavirus church that, you know, most churches are running 30 to 50 or 60 percent. Um, that 15% of churches, according to one expert I spoke to, um, are dead. 40% uh, are on life support, 40% are struggling, uh, and only 5% are really thriving. Well, what that means is, more than ever, uh, the sheep need to be fed. Uh, the sheep are starving. The sheep are malnourished. And quite frankly, in the world in which we live, with technology and media and social media, they're being constantly fed nothing but poison and garbage. And uh, I think with younger generations as well. They grew up on technology. They grew up with platforms. They grew up with social media. They understand the bias of the platforms. They understand throttling. They understand Romans 1 where it says that there is constantly an effort from this world to suppress the truth, which is throttling. It is canceling. It is that whole woke joke folk, uh, countercultural mob of steal, kill, and destroy anything that echoes what God would say in his word. And I think that they are more well aware of that. And they know that just because it's said doesn't mean it's true. Just because it's online doesn't mean it's in reality. 
And as a result, I think they have more of a healthy suspicion and skepticism toward information. And what I'm seeing with our own kids, um, they're now 16, 18, 20, 22, and 24. Uh, they want to think for themselves. They want to do their own research. They want to do their own homework. They've got some big questions and, uh, and, and they want to know how to study for themselves. And, uh, and as a result, perhaps the best way to do that, or I would argue the best way to do that is to spend a lot of time going through books of the Bible. Don't skip the hard parts. Don't ignore the tough, complex parts. I'm in Genesis, man. We've got Satan showing up. We've got a curse. We've got family strife. We got a dude marrying his sister. Uh, we've got a drunk guy passing out naked in his tent. Uh, some sort of hillbilly redneck 4th of July weekend scenario. I mean, the whole thing is just mayhem. But you know what? It's about real people doing real life with a real God. And people like that sense of reality. Just tell me what God said. Take me through the Word of God. Let me deal with what God said for myself and help me to learn God's Word. And what I believe is that God's Word is uh, timeless. So as a result, it's timely. It's not an old book. It's an eternal book. And as a result, we don't make the Bible relevant. We show the relevance of the Bible. We assume that God's Word is relevant, that God is over all people, times, and places, and that He speaks specifically and He speaks very clearly about what His will would be for us so that we could live in obedience to His Word. We could live under His blessing and we could live a countercultural kingdom life sustained and blessed by the grace of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is my story for 25 years as a senior pastor, for some uh, 30 years this year, faithfully married to my best friend, my wife, Grace, and raising five kids who know, love, and serve Jesus Christ with their whole heart. I'm an incredibly blessed man. Now, the world we live in has not always blessed me, uh, but God always has. And he blesses his word. He blesses those who believe in his word, who submit to his word, who surrender to his word, who study his word. I believe that uh, God's word is absolutely, categorically, supernaturally the means by which uh, God changes lives and legacies. So I'm a Bible guy. Um, I got saved reading the Bible. I've spent my whole life studying the Bible, and I've spent now 25 plus years preaching through books of the Bible. So what we are seeing is that the church may be pivoting and moving in two directions, that progressive, woke, marrying the spirit of the age and eventually being widowed, um, or devoted to the Word of God and Bible preaching and teaching, not being ashamed, uh, but instead being confident and clear in the power and authority of God's Word. And what happens is, in every generation, there is a sort of an epicenter moment where you, you, the, the leader need to decide, and the pastors need to decide, are we going to seek to be friends with the world, and if so, become enemies with God, or will we become friends of God and then be seen by some in the world as an enemy, though in fact we are an ally? The question is not, are you going to get in trouble? The question is, who are you going to get in trouble with, and what are you going to get into trouble for? Are you going to get in trouble with God for disobeying Him, but having the culture sort of cheer, applaud, and support you, or will you get in trouble with the culture, uh, but be blessed by the Lord because of faithfulness to Him. It all comes down to how you handle His Word. And so I just want to encourage you. 
um, faith comes by hearing the Word of God, and that ultimately people don't have faith and can't grow in faith apart from hearing the Word of God. And so I just want to encourage you. I'm on a hike, and this is my uh, my typical weekly uh, habit and practice is to prayer hike. On the way in, I talk to the Lord, and I thank Him of, for all the things that He's done and ways He's blessed me. And on the way out, I pray for people and things that I love and care about and am burdened for, and I'm about ready to make my hike home. And for some reason, I was just burdened for pastors and leaders and Bible teachers. I know that according to a recent Barna survey, 38% of you pastors are wanting to quit the ministry. And what I would say is uh, don't do that just yet. Open God's word and fearlessly, courageously, clearly, consistently preach God's word and see if God doesn't bring life out of his word. I'm in Genesis and it keeps saying that God spoke and then there was life and God spoke and there was life and God spoke and there was life and everything came into existence and orderliness through the sheer power of God's word out of nothing, what the theologians call ex nihilo. And what I believe is that God births the church in the same way that he births the world. And that is through speaking his word and it brings forth his power. And so I would just encourage you, don't lose heart and, uh, and don't grow weary in doing good, but keep opening God's word and see what God says and does. And I'm burdened for you if I can be praying for you as a pastor or ministry leader or your family, uh, just email me, uh, hello at realfaith.com. Uh, my daughter Ashley is the executive director. I'm sure she'll pray for your kids as well. And uh, I'm going to hike on out and finish studying uh, for my next sermon in Genesis. But God bless you. And uh, let's just say it's time to preach the word. We hope today's message impacted you and they will continue to bless your life and legacy for generations to come. For more Real Leaders content, visit realfaith.com slash realleaders. And to sign up to get Real Leaders content straight to your inbox, visit realfaith.com slash sign up.